Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zenderance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. As Zenderance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code, the Show Up Dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zenderance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast, where our mission is to improve the well-being of children by increasing the proportion of children growing up with an involved, responsible, and committed father. The Show Up Dad Foundation is a 501c3 organization that encourages dads to become more than just a paycheck. Today's guest is J.K. Emezi. He's a certified addiction coach, a sex and pornography addiction coach, and a recovered porn addict for just over 10 years. He believes it is without a doubt possible to overcome your addiction to porn, masturbation, and otherly, other sexually compulsive disorders while building a healthy and fulfilling life. J.K. has experienced this journey firsthand, and the men he works with have done so as well. For the past nine years, J.K. has helped men regain control of their sexual lives, recover fully from porn addiction, overcome sexual and social anxiety, improve their relationships, and lead fulfilling lives. Welcome to our show, brother. Thank you so much for having me, David. I'm excited to to share with you all today. Absolutely, man. I'm just so glad that you're doing this work. I know it's it's highly needed now more than ever, especially with social media and stuff like that. So, man, let's just get in here, brother, and we'll go from there, if you don't mind. Fantastic. Well, as David said, um, I've been helping men end their out-of-control behavior, their sexually compulsive behaviors for going on 11 years. So November will make it 11 years. And I've been rebooted. I'll talk about why we use the word rebooted instead of recovery from my out-of-control behavior for going on 15 years. And I've been in a committed relationship for 14 of those years as well. Gentlemen, the first thing I want to say is David was kind enough to tell me a little bit about the type of brothers that he supports. And uh, there are a lot of challenges out there. I just want to make it clear that there is probably nothing that you have done, nothing that you have dealt with, no shameful secret behavior that you've engaged in that I haven't. 
The reason I'm saying this is because one of the big things that is holding you back, not just from being a great professional, but from being a great dad, from being a great man, from stepping into your masculinity, is the shame of those things you've done. We all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's that thing you've done that you're like, I swear, I am not going to tell anybody. I will overcome this behavior, but I will not tell anybody. I want you to know that that is a seed that you've planted within yourself. That is something that you have to confront, even if you choose not to tell anybody. And that's the most important thing. I've talked and I've been on a lot of podcasts, been interviewed in many places. And I find that this may sound strange, but it is easy for me to help men end the out of control behavior. What is not easy for me is to get men, men to step out of shame and be vulnerable. So I just wanted to start with that before David got into his question so that as you listen, you can just give me about 50 minutes just to be open just open up your heart and just go like you know what i'm just going to be open and when he talks and some shame comes up or something secret comes up i'm just going to be okay with that just feel it whether you're on the road whether you're at home whether you're working out wherever you're at just open up as we talk mm -hmm. thank you so much for that dude that was that was perfect there jk um you said something that caught my my attention um, that really just stood out to me, and it was the shame portion of this. Now, we've had past guests come on here and talk about shame. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Stephen Poulter, really good friend of mine, and he, always, he wrote the book, The Shame Factor, okay? okay? And he talked about how shame and how insidious it was, how it keeps you trapped, you know, and it keeps you from making the changes and it, it's so powerful when we get stuck in that cycle of shame, you know, and I know a lot of people, like you said, are just into that. They don't want anybody to know what's going on, you know what I mean? The outside, but in, in inside they're, they're dealing with stuff emotionally and physically, whatever it may be, you know what I'm saying? But uh, with that being said, can you talk to us a little bit and tell us what porn addiction is? All right. They are, the first thing I want to mention is that there are, um, lots of definitions of pornography addiction, whether it's from, from different organizations. There are a lot of organizations that don't believe it's a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to uh, focus on the definition from the World Health Organization because that's what impacts the most number of men. And this isn't, I'm paraphrasing it, but it is any time that you are engaging in sexual behavior or behavior with high-speed internet pornography, which is compulsive in nature. Compulsive mm -hmm. would be that despite your best efforts to stop this behavior, you keep engaging in it to the detriment of the major domains of your life, which is it is impacting the financial aspect of your life, the spiritual aspect, the social aspect, mental aspect. And in the social aspect, we can also include your family as well. So when you try to stop, and this has continued, the World Health Organization mentions about six months, but mm -hmm. frankly speaking, for most guys, that doesn't even count. Most guys have been using pornography for years and yeah. you have tried to stop, but you cannot. You likely have a compulsive behavior with high speed Internet pornography. Mm -hmm. Well, how does that develop, though? Like, where does it stem from? Great question. There's so many ways it can develop from unresolved issues, which sometimes involve trauma. But an unresolved issue could also be something that's happening in your life right now. It could be an issue that you have with your wife that y'all really haven't addressed. Maybe you're too busy and y'all haven't sat down and talked about it. It's been festering there. 
It could be an unresolved issue about finances. It could be a secret that you're keeping about mm -hmm. any aspect of your life. Gentlemen, as you grow older, I don't think enough people talk about this, but I've seen it over 11 years working with men. It's very easy to keep secrets about yourself when you're in your 20s and your early 30s. I don't know how old you are. How old are you, David? I'm, I'm 40, 45. 45, okay. As you start pushing middle age, those secrets, they're going to come home to roost. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're going to come. You see a lot of men coming back to God and coming back to the church in their late 30s to 40s. Why is that? It's because you can't keep it repressed or suppressed anymore. So unresolved issues would be the first reason. And the second one would be strong emotions. A lot of men, when we were growing up, we weren't taught how to handle our emotions. We weren't ha taught how to handle anger or shame or feelings that came up with rejection. We don't know how to deal with our insecurities. And mm -hmm. for many of us, pornography became our coping mechanism. For some of us, when we were younger, we didn't have access to alcohol or drugs. Many of us did but we had access to this thing within us. We had access to orgasm, which neurologically speaking, well, biochemically speaking, is just opiates, but endogenous opiates that are created by our own body. So we had this thing and it became our, our comforter. I often say that pornography was our first relationship. Why? Wow. Because when you were a teenager, when you saw all the, the chads and the jocks getting with the girls and you didn't have any of that, well, you went home and who comforted you? It was the magazines or it was the VHS. So it was, for those of you who are younger, it was low speed internet pornography, right? Yeah. Um, but that was the person who taught you how to cope with things, how to comfort yourself. That was also the person who sometimes taught you about sex. Maybe you didn't know where to put it, right? Not to be crude, but that was mm -hmm. where you learned. So you've also got to understand that you have a deeply rooted relationship with pornography, especially if you've been using it over the years. And later on, I'll talk about how I get guys to begin by taking a very honest look at your relationship with pornography and going back through your sexual history. Another reason why um, pornography addiction develops is via stress. A lot of men do not have coping strategies for stress. You work long hours, you're tired. You're worried about your finances, making ends meet. Something's going on with one of your kids and you just don't know how to resolve it. There's no playbook for, the, for, for, right. for having kids. You're stressed out, you're worried, and there's so much pressure on you. Pornography begins very simply. It might be just something you do, you know, when you're on the road in a hotel, in the bathroom, in the home office, when you tell her just, I got to finish up some work, you go ahead and go to bed. And for you, it's innocence. But when it continues over, over the years, it does rewire your brain. The final reason why men get addicted to pornography is loneliness or a lack of intimacy. Mm. You can be married. You can have your family around you. You can have your church brothers around you. It does not matter. You can still be a lonely man and you can still be lacking in intimacy. That's a whole nother issue on its own. And a lot of men are out there feeling lonely. A lot of your loneliness comes because you don't know how to be vulnerable. You don't know how to open up because you are so worried that society, your church, your family, the people you love are going to judge you. And because you've been hiding this for so long, you do not feel worthy. The primary sentence in your head is, if they knew who I truly was, they would not love me. And David, those are a few of the reasons why men end up 
uh, uh, addicted to pornography. Wow, that is powerful, man. Now, I, I like what you said about relationship with it, that that's your first relationship. And that's kind of like how you start coping with stuff. Um, hmm. That That's interesting, because if you're in that relationship, and that relationship is deeply rooted, since you were uh, an adolescent or a teenager, or whatever, right, whenever you develop this relationship, then that's longer than the relationship you currently are in. And those two are going to start competing with each other. Oh, they are. Man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy. So what are the signs and symptoms of, of, of porn addiction, JK? Um, well, the most obvious one would be using it anytime that you are experiencing a very strong emotion or you're stressed out or you're lonely. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, because I, I think we should start with something else, David, before we start with the signs and symptoms, I think we should start with some of the myths okay. about pornography addiction, because I know there are some brothers listening to this who are going, nah, it's not that big a deal. It's just we, we're guys, right? We just do mm -hmm. that. Um, first of all, there are some men out there who say using pornography is not cheating. It's a bad thing. I'm not here to say whether it's cheating or not. What I'm here to say is that if you're in a committed relationship and your partner feels like it's cheating, then there is something that you have to resolve with her, right? It's yeah. her upbringing, her belief, and you guys are in a committed relationship. Another myth is that it is absolutely harmless. And I want to mm -hmm. bring up the fact that it is not harmless. It is eroding your values. Think about this. I tell my clients when they come in and they're struggling with wrapping their head around, well, why, why am I here again? Why should I quit again? I'm like, do you know that if you live today, it's 2023 at the time of recording this, you have seen more naked human beings engaging in sex than every single one of your ancestors before you, if you view pornography. Do you think that's normal? Your brain and your body, our bodies were not designed to handle that much stimuli. It is wow. not normal. The first thing that happens is if you are in a relationship, you begin to compare. Your wife is not airbrushed. She is not photo shoot ready or video ready. Mm -hmm. She does not act that way. That's not her personality. Your values, for those of you who are single around women, the quality of women you would want in your life drop because your main barometer for the value of a woman is her sexual behavior, not her personality not what she brings to you, not intimacy, not connection, none of that. The next thing that it does is that um, your, how would I put it? The value of sex drops. Mm -hmm. It's no longer about connection. And this is actually a big thing. A lot of men are like, well, my bedroom is dead. Well, your bedroom is dead because for you, you do not understand how foreplay works. You do not know how to connect with your wife on a much deeper level. I will go as far to say even a spiritual level. A mm -hmm. lot of men are missing that from their life because they don't know how to cultivate it. Even if your pastor or therapist teaches you how to do that, brothers, if you are engaging in this out of control behavior secretly, it will erode all the work that's mm -hmm. being done. So, David, I wanted to preface that because before we talk about the symptoms, you have to understand what some of the myths are. And some of yeah. the very simple symptoms, the most common ones are, I'll mention one, uh, we call it PIED. That's porn-induced erectile dysfunction. And that is simply when you cannot get aroused unless 
pornography is available. And that simply means that you cannot even masturbate. I'm not mm. taking any moral stance here. Just This is just the, the professional work. You cannot mm. masturbate and you cannot engage in sexual intimacy with your partner mm-hmm. unless you're visually stimulated. So even when you're with your partner, you have to kind of close your eyes or go to another world and imagine something. Chances are you have porn-induced erectile dysfunction. That's one of the major symptoms. Another one is where you cannot go out in a day without ogling women, without objectifying every single woman you see. Some guys think that's normal. That actually isn't normal. I teach men that you see a woman, they're beautiful women. We, we have the ability as men to see a beautiful wom- w- woman, but many of us are no longer trained to draw the line. Mm-hmm. I can be out with my partner. I've been in a relationship for 14 years. We can go to a restaurant and a pretty waitress comes up and we both look at each other and go like, she's pretty. Guess what? It ends there. I'm not thinking about what this woman looks like naked. I'm not doing anything else. But most men, most of y'all know this, it does not end there. Because mm-hmm. you've exposed yourself to pornography, you have to imagine what it's like. You have to compare to your wife. What would, oh, did I miss out? Did I miss out on something in my youth? You know, am I missing something? That's why when you're on the road, when you're working, you end up in situations that you regret. Another one is, uh, I'll just mention one more. I could, I could keep going, David. So just, just yeah. fair warning that you got you know, <laughs> <laughs> pornography has a, a serious impact on your cognition. Um, the part of our brain that is responsible for decision-making, it's called for executive function, uh, even for, for, for a self-motivation is the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And studies have shown that men who consistently view pornography six, seven times a week um, they have less gray matter in their prefrontal cortex. If you are frequently experiencing um, a loss of memory, inability to focus, mm-hmm. brain fog randomly in the middle of the day, random irritability, a lot of procrastination because you just can't seem to prioritize, that is often a prefrontal cortex issue. And the number one culprit is pornography. Wow. Wow. No, and that just totally just makes so much sense to me right now because I've had men come to me and talk to me about, man, Dave, I'm just not attracted to my wife. And the first question I ask them is, what are you watching? What are you looking at? Right. And they're just like, their jaw just drops. Like, how do you know? And it's like, dude, it's not real. It's a fagazi. It's, it's fake. You know what I mean? Our wives cannot compare to those women that are being paid. And a lot of times those women don't even, they don't even like that stuff. You know, I, I've talked to a recovering uh, porn star Mm. and it's interesting that you said that how you have to, the stimuli, Mm -hmm. you're not designed to stand, uh, to stand that type of stimuli. Right. Yeah. How she told me that in her heyday, right. That, she would have to think on stuff that was even worse and worse and worse or, or more um, X, right? Yeah. X rated, right? Yeah. In order for her to enjoy it. And she said that sometimes she thought she was sick in the head or some of the stuff that she would think about. Mm. And I was like, wow, man, that's that, that blows my mind. It's like, really? And she's like, yeah. She's like, you just get desensitized to it is the word that she said. And I could never understand that. But now that you just said about that, the stimuli and all that, man, that makes total sense. That is crazy. 
Exactly. No, she's absolutely right about the desensitization. Mm -hmm. um, the more you view pornography, the more dopamine that you need to release in order to orgasm to whatever that that type of pornography is. Um, this is the reason for those of you who are listening, who watch mm -hmm. pornography, you know very well that you do not watch one piece of pornography and then orgasm to that. You have multiple tabs open. And I want you, if you have this problem to pornog with pornography, to ask yourself, why do I go from genre to genre? You go from genre to genre, and you got y'all know there's nothing like um, vanilla pornography out there anymore. Everything mm -hmm. is so extreme. Why? Because the general population, sadly, has been desensitized to that. You need more and more extreme material in order for you to orgasm. Unfortunately, you will cross a line. You will get to a point where you start viewing material that is either illegal or is not in tune with your sexuality. Another issue that comes up with a lot of guys, and I'm sure, David, as a pastor, you may mm -hmm. have, have, have met brothers who talk about this. It's, we call it homosexual obsessive compulsive disorders. Mm -hmm. Disorder where men who are straight begin to have uh, uh, sexual desires for other men. However, that is all as a result of pornography, where the first time you watch something like that, you're filled with guilt and shame. But here's mm -hmm. the crazy thing. You orgasm to it because it was the old, it was it was different. It was the taboo nature of it that released adrenaline for you. The problem is that orgasm became a trigger for your shame. You orgasmed and you were ashamed at the same time. That is something mm -hmm. very powerful. That is an endogenous opiate that was released at the time that you experienced shame. Then you ask, well, why do I keep going back to it when I have no desire to actually be with a man in real life? Why is that? It's because you are now addicted to the shame. Your addiction to dopamine is attached to your addiction to shame and guilt. And you're stuck there. And many therapists will not tell you that, brother. You wow. need to understand that to be able to escape from any sort of fetish that you are not comfortable with, that is not normal, that is not in line with your values. You begin by understanding why you're addicted to that. You're desensitized from regular stuff. That's that's interesting because you got these two heightened emotions, right? You got this yes. shame and guilt, right? And then you're excited all at the same time and they're both competing. Uh, in, in the, I, I visualize it as a, a graph, right? They're both peaking out at the same time. You know what I mean? And then you have this release. And then I could see where one would be addicted to that. You know, it, wow, man. And then yeah. you get it stuck in that shame cycle and it just continues and continues and continues. But yet you need it and you feed off of it. Wow. Exactly. And this is why I tell brothers, it's so important to not be so hard on yourself mm -hmm. and have compassion. You didn't know this. For a lot of you listening to this, you did not know. You're feeling the shame and you're just like, why am I doing that? You don't know that the pornography industry studies you. You don't know that this, the pornography industry knows how human fetishes are changing year by year by year. And it's putting together the pornography that you will watch a year from now, the weird stuff that you're going to watch, it's there waiting for you. They understand the progression of your behavior. They understand how you will go from uh, a material that's just like, oh, what's, what's, um, what's, what's, what's really bad? Something bad might be a stepping out on my wife, something like a scene from that. 
something bad might be, oh, I'm going to watch pornography of, of meeting an escort at a gas station or something weird like that. But they already know that before you do, because they are tracking your behavior and the behavior of men in your demographic. It is not your fault that you are addicted to this behavior. Forgive yourself. But it is your responsibility to educate yourself and begin the journey of leaving this behind. It's interesting that you said that they tracked. I watched a documentary on uh, AI on, oh. on Netflix or something like that. And these people were uh, whistleblowers and they're talking about how the industry, the Internet and all that stuff. Right. All these social medias target you. They know you. You are an algorithm and, and they're they're. They're just seeing what you like, and then they're putting, they're creating this opportunity for you to go into the next level. They basically kind of push you by knowing what you like, right, into that direction. So it's interesting that the porn industry is doing the same thing with men, the way you put it. Um, men are very visual. That's the way God made us, right? And they know this. And I believe, you know, coming from a spiritual perspective, that they know that men are visual. If they can captivate the man and get him sedated, get him in this cycle that we talked about, stuck in it, eventually it's going to cause the very moral fabric of his being to break down. He's going to step outside his marriage. He's going to start doing stuff that he normally wouldn't do because he's already been trained, right? This is a training. And then all of a sudden what happens? Now we're separated from our families. Now we're separated from our wife. Okay. I think what they're looking for, though, is getting that next generation. That's what I firmly believe. There is a war on the family and the collateral is our children. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, you know, when I started this, my <laughs> only goal was to help men end their behavior. As I started digging into it and watching the trends over 11 years of coaching, I came to the conclusion, I thought I was crazy. I was like, there is a concerted plan. There is a plan to destroy families. It just, it just, and nobody told me about this. Mm -hmm. I just came to that conclusion. I realized that the, the, our world is, is going to be a scary place in one generation. They are coming for your children. They do want to normalize, normalize some very sick depraved behavior mm -hmm. and it starts with you we're not i don't think we're going to save everybody no. but i believe that if we can get enough men especially enough fathers to start planting the right seeds in their children and it's not just by what you say i tell men it's not a matter of if your children are going to see pornography it's when and some of your mm -hmm. kids have already seen it all right they're just not going to tell you the sooner you have the conversation with them about it, the better. I know it's very difficult for a lot of men to do, but we need a generation of men who are aware, but most importantly, who are actually in control of their sexual behavior. If we mm -hmm. ever hope to have a chance of, uh, 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 of, stop, of stopping what is going to happen to our kids. Mm -hmm. what's it, what's, it's crazy because as fathers, we are the gatekeeper. Okay, We allow what comes into our home. So if I'm watching pornography and I'm hiding my dirty magazines or I don't even know if they even have magazines anymore. Right. But, you know, <laughs> my that's the first time I was, you know, introduced Damn. to pornography was a magazine stuck underneath my dad's bed. We're playing hide and seek. 
we're hiding or I, I go under the bed and I see this magazine. All of a sudden it starts eliciting a feeling inside of me. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if we're fathers and we're the gatekeepers, we are in charge of what comes into our home. So if we're not allowing that in our home, when they see it somewhere else, and I tell parents this all the time, dude, your kids know that that is not normal because what they see in your house is normal behavior. So it's going to register inside their head that, hey, this is different. This is something that we don't do at our house, right? And as fathers, we're the gatekeepers, you know, how can we turn around and tell our kids, hey, don't do this? I mean, it, and it could be anything. It could be even alcohol, right? Yeah. If we're telling your kids, don't be drinking or whatever, but yet I'm cracking down, you know, a fifth of, of maker's mark. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got to be someone they want to emulate. And, and if we're not doing it, if we're not leading by example, dude, gosh, the world's going to just chew them up. They are. Gentlemen, for those of you listening, really, one of the best things you can do for yourself, if you know you're struggling with a behavior with pornography, is to just draw the line. It mm -hmm. is not the easiest process, the easiest thing to overcome. But what I want to emphasize is that there are a lot of men who, some of you are very accomplished, some of you are very successful, you're hardworking men. And you may look at your life and go like, you know what? I'm a disciplined man. I've overcome a lot. I wake up at 3 4 o'clock in the morning. I do this. I do this. I provide for my family. I've, ge I've generated wealth. But the mistake you might make is thinking that the things that got you all this success in life, all this happiness, you think those same traits are the traits that will help you end your behavior with pornography. And mm. you get very surprised and disappointed when they don't work. You cannot end this behavior with willpower alone. You cannot. If you have shame and you are hiding this, but you are a man of faith, how do you expect your faith to support you when you are also at the same time simultaneously keeping an emotion within you that is not in tune in line with your faith? I tell men, for your faith to actually work, you must open up and be vulnerable. You must mm -hmm. remove the fence that is around it. It can help you in other areas, but when it comes to this, you don't have to necessarily speak to your wife about it, first of all, but you have to have a circle of people where you can, a safe place where you can begin the process of opening up. The reason I emphasize it is because the skill set required to end your out of control behavior, which is understanding that things are like, like the slips and relapses you experience are just data. They're mm -hmm. things to learn from. You start learning to, instead of getting emotional, when you said, hey, I'm not going to watch pornography, I'm not going to look at women like that. Instead of self-flagellating, you immediately learn how to draw a boundary, forgive yourself, and then learn from that. You figure out, is this a self-care issue? Have I not been getting enough sleep? Have I not been spending enough time with my wife? Mm -hmm. Am I stressed out? You start figuring those things out. Or is it a boundary issue? Do I just get on my phone after a long day and think like, you know what, I deserve to randomly scroll through Instagram? Because next thing you know, you're laughing at funny videos and, and, and Christian memes. And then 10 minutes later, you're looking at some girl in a bikini. And then you know what happens after that. Is this a boundary issue? These are very small areas of awareness that you need to work on. But I can promise you one thing. All the men who have gone through the process of ending the out-of-control behavior Mm -hmm. They have found that this carries into their relationships with their partner, their relationships with their kids, their relationships at work, because mm -hmm. you start realizing that, oh, there are other people in life who are using different things to medicate pain in their life. 
My wife might use sleep to do so. My kids might use video games to do this. But now instead of just telling them, you got to stop, it's a battle, you need to be disciplined, you understand why they are engaging in that behavior. And you're not so frustrated. You're like, okay, I know why my kid is using that. Something else is going on. Makes you a better father, makes you a better leader, makes you a better husband. Mm -hmm. And you said disciplined. And what I want to stress to our listeners out there, discipline, everybody's talking about discipline. Jocko and his group do an amazing job with discipline. Yep. But if you really break down what discipline is, it breaks down to disciple. What does discipling mean? Training. Right. And you said something that was very interesting. You said, don't get discouraged. Okay. So don't get discouraged with yourself because why you're training yourself literally. And when you fail, guess what? Get back up, try it again. Right. A good man may fail seven times. You know what I mean? But just keep getting up, man. Keep getting up, keep doing it and be, be the same way with your wife and with your children. If they're struggling with something. Have Absolutely. Just be able to train them and have that level of being very peaceful with them, right? Giving mm -hmm. them grace when mm -hmm. they make the mistakes. I think that's a big deal is just giving that person grace, especially if they're struggling with something. Because with all addictions, I've had other addiction recovery people come on here talking about drugs and stuff like that. Because that's, that's something that really affects our community and, and men a lot. Mm -hmm. It's all a coping mechanism. So there's something deeper that's happening inside you. So being able to recognize that and see that great and give that person extended grace and be like, all right, man, they're dealing with something like you said, man, that's, that's powerful, brother. That is. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. Um, when it comes to grace and compassion, mm -hmm. it is easiest and most freely given when we make it a practice to give mm -hmm. it to ourselves. And the key word there, David, is practice. Most men just hear that and they mm -hmm. wait for a situation to happen in their life before they practice extending grace. Many of y'all listening to this worked very hard to develop a skill set, but mostly external skill sets. Let me tell you this, to overcome any sort of addiction, you need to work on internal skills and mm -hmm. you need to practice it every day. If there is some time in the morning you crack open your Bible and you read, don't just read. Take a moment when there is a, a, a verse about compassion and forgiveness. Use that as an opportunity to go, okay, who can I forgive? Can I? What did I do yesterday? Was I hard on myself? Did I throw a pity party about something? Okay, you know what? I am going to forgive myself about this. This is so powerful because it is so amazing and fulfilling. That's the selfish part of it for me. The fulfillment I get from this is to see guys say, dude, like the whole gratitude thing you were saying in the morning, just be, be grateful for my, to myself and, and, and forgive myself for viewing pornography yesterday, but making sure I won't do it again today. Dude, it's so crazy. I didn't know I could walk through the day for a few hours just emanating mm -hmm. compassion and love. And people stop being able to tell. They're like, dude, just, bro, you just, the, the, the feeling is different. You can feel yes. it. They're like, they can transmit it to other people. And they're like, people talk about this in church, but I never, I never get it. I may catch the feeling in church yeah. with my brothers, but I never know how to sustain it for hours. I was like, well, start by practicing with yourself and understand that this suffering 
the suffering that you experience from your out of control behavior with something like pornography on the other side of the coin as cliche as it sounds are wonderful opportunities for you to grow so many men you're listening to jocko you're listening to goggins you're listening to all these people and you're there as a spectator admiring their battles and struggles living vicariously through movies and series when this is your own personal battle this is the battle that god provided for you this is where you grow this is where you will be a hero and this is where all those latent gifts you think those latent gifts are going to come because you're an operator and you go out on saturdays and you practice it no bro it comes in the morning when you make the decision to be compassionate with yourself, when you choose not to look at a woman a certain way, it's okay. But this is your battle. And guess what? The internal strength you develop from overcoming this in many times, many times it is far superior to those guys who have been through the adversities that you admire them from. And I'll tell you from firsthand experience, I work with a lot of very successful individuals, big name individuals who you know, and they've, they've done amazing things can't stop watching pornography. Mm -hmm. Cancer. It's to the point I can listen to an audiobook or podcast. And from one sentence, I'm just like, whoop, he watches porn. I can tell he has a problem with this from what he avoided saying what he did not say, not what he said. I was like, mm -hmm. there is a fear there. There is a, a lack of vulnerability. And it is connected to his sexual behavior. So gentlemen, it is a very powerful skill set that you learn from overcome any, overcoming any compulsive behavior in your life, but especially those which are secret. Wow, I like that you said that you live your own life, right? Don't be living vicariously through other people's, uh, you know, what they've accomplished. Mm. Um, when you do that, they say that comparison is a thief of joy, right? So <laughs> you're looking at these <laughs> other guys' lives, you're saying how great they are, whatever, right? And then why is he so disciplined or whatever? Why is he getting up at 3.30, man, I have a hell of a time or whatever it may be. And you're comparing yourself, right? Well, what does that add to you already if you feel already bad about yourself and you're dealing with something? That's going to compound. And then what are you going to do? You're going to need to find that comfort. You're going to go back to pornography and the cycle starts over again, right? It, dude, it's so, you, you, you'd hit the nail on the head, David. That's it right there. You end up comparing yourself when to other people, when within you, you have an adversity that has been placed before you. It's right yes. there. It's like, deal with it. And you're like, nah, I want to focus on another adversity. Bro, your finances are not the big issue. Your marriage falling apart is the big issue, right? You don't have enemies. You're like, oh, I'm going to go for a six mile run. You don't need to do that, bro. You sit down <laughs> with your wife. And then you have to have a six mile conversation of love with her. That's where the work is, dude. <laughs> that is so awesome that you said that. I, when I was on the road, JK, and it's funny yeah. you said that because I, I was working out of state and uh, my friends would laugh at me like, oh, damn, Dave's going to go for another run, you know? And I would run five miles a day, every day, right? Love it. Right after work, I'd work 16 hours a day and I'd still go for a run. And what it was is I knew that if I was alone in that hotel, I was probably going to start scrolling, looking at pornography, right? Mm -hmm. So I knew better. So I wanted to discipline my body and make myself hard and go for a run and get so tired, right? Mm -hmm. But you can only do that for so long, you know? It doesn't work until you start addressing the issues inside you. What is triggering me? What exactly. is causing me? 
you know? Exactly. So I mentioned triggers. Okay. So what yeah. are some strategies for managing triggers with, with men? You know what I mean? What, what can men do? Okay. Uh, the first thing you have to do is you have to identify what your triggers are. And this has to be done in a very intentional manner, right? Mm -hmm. um, the thing with pornography is when you're sitting there and you're not aroused and life is okay, you're not you're not gonna, you're not gonna do it. Many men mm -hmm. listening to this are not gonna jump off or pull over and go like, you know what, I'm gonna start writing down my triggers. It is best to do it in the moment when you feel it. It could be mm -hmm. anything, and it depends on how you got into pornography. If it is based on something traumatic, then unfortunately, certain things like somebody yelling at you, in some cases, can cause somebody to be triggered. But sometimes it could be as simple as boredom. Boredom could be, um, I remember back in the day um, when I was addicted in college, mm -hmm. I remember my first trigger, just being aware of it, because I really needed to stop this behavior. I had started acting out. I had gone from pornography to seeking those behaviors in real life, and it was destroying me. I remember mm -hmm. one day, all my roommates left. I didn't hang out with them because I was always isolated, playing video games and then watching porn. And I remember the moment they left and the door closed, something clicked in my mind. And it's almost as if a voice started saying, you're alone. And it was almost as if I was taken over by something. Mm -hmm. And guys, those of you listening who have this problem can relate to it. When you view pornography, you are not you. You only become you after you orgasm and you're sitting there with the, the lotion and the toilet paper and you're like, what the H am I doing right now? Like, what am mm -hmm. I, who am I? Why did I do this? And what did I watch? This is gross. You are not actually taken over by something or possessed. It just feels like that. But your nervous system has changed. You are triggered right now. You are seeking a process. When somebody is addicted to a substance, they are looking for the feeling that comes from that substance. That's a substance abuse addiction. However, when you are addicted to pornography, it is a process or a behavioral addiction. You are not actually looking for the orgasm anymore. Hmm. You are looking for something in the process that makes you feel good. Sometimes it's the adrenaline rush. Sometimes it is the, oh my God, that is, that's nasty what I just saw. But you have to identify where is it in the process? What is the thing in the process that I'm looking for? People say, well, why do I scroll? Why don't you just pull up the porn, watch it, do your business and move on with your day? The reason you don't do it is because of the process. Hmm. You are subconsciously searching for something. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to orgasm to this. No, 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 not this one. Oh, not good enough. It's boring now. I'm going to find another one and another one and another one. And next thing you know, it's been two hours and it's 2 a.m. The process. You find out what triggers the process. In my case, when my roommates left and that door closed, immediately my nervous system changed because the trigger for me was being alone. And confirmation of being alone was the door clicking. It mm. continued in different parts of my life. When I first got into a relationship, the car starting and leaving. And we teach men how to be able to go back into your past and figure out where that came from. I was a latchkey kid. My parents would leave me at home. They would go out to work. The door closing and mom and dad saying, JK, make sure you don't let anyone in the house. I'm going to work, okay? Mm -hmm. Or the minute the door closed and I heard it lock, I was triggered. I carried that throughout my life. That's an example. For some guys, it is being tired. You're driving and suddenly you get really exhausted. But you've built the habit of 
changing your nervous system and getting aroused, releasing adrenaline, norepinephrine, all these different things by thinking and fantasizing about sexual thoughts. So for you, it's not just entertainment. It's a way to perk yourself up. It's a way to deal with boredom. Boredom. For mm -hmm. others, it's a trigger could be strong emotions. You get into an argument with your wife, your ego comes up. You're very angry. You feel, you're just like, well, why, why would she say that to me? You're having this conversation, you're having this argument in your head with your wife, but you don't know how to come down from it because you are so egotistical and stuck on that, that you're not ready to forgive. If you cannot forgive, if you cannot be rational and understand where she's coming from, then you have to find a substitute to change your state of anger. And that substitute is very easy, arousal and sex. So mm -hmm. that could be a trigger as well. For others, it could be things like certain shows you watch, seeing certain women, things you hear. But it mm -hmm. is your job to begin to write down and take notes of your triggers. I tell it to a lot of my clients. I'm like, those of you on the road, as you start doing that, just on your phone, Android, iPhone, just mm -hmm. start up a, 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 a note in, a, in your notes section. Just start writing down. Like, why mm. did I slip this time? Why did I view porn? Why did I masturbate? What time was it? Oh, okay. Late at night after a long day, my trigger is feeling that I need a reward for hard work. Write mm. that down. That's all you need to do. Write it down. But what should I do next? Don't worry about it. Just write the trigger down because you have not brought it to your conscious mind. It has sat there subconsciously. I tell men, work with your brain, not against it. Some of you are too smart for your own good right? You read all the books, you listen to all the podcasts, but you never take action, right? All you need to do is allow your brain to support you. Many of you, almost all of you are good men. You were raised right. Many of you are in the church. You have everything that you need to end your behavior. You just need to stop pushing yourself and putting too much pressure on yourself. Bring it to awareness first. When it's there, you'll notice the next time for the first time ever, you're like, ah, I know what I'm doing right now. I'm about to reward myself. And guess what? You now have a choice for the first time. Mm. Before you were aware of your trigger, you didn't think you had a choice. You thought it was just compulsive. But now, because you're working with your brain and you have brought it to awareness, and by the simple act of writing it down, you have a choice. That's a whole different story as to which choice you make. There's more training for that. But yeah. I hope that answers your question on triggers, David. No, absolutely. Thank you for that explanation, JK. I never heard anybody explain it that way. Um, I like simple. Simple, <laughs> yeah. best way for me, break it down. Talk to me like I'm a one-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that That's the way I like it, you know. Um, with that being said, you couldn't have said it more clearer than that. Um, bringing it to awareness. That's what I tell the fathers I deal with all the time when they ask me about certain things that are going on in their lives, you know, I was like, that's a good thing because you're aware of it now. Mm. And it's interesting because we talk about shame and pornography, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how it's hidden, right? When you're writing these things down, when you become aware of them, the brain is able to adapt to it and start working on the problem. When you're writing it down and you're seeing it before, you know, there's a Bible scripture that says that my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Okay. Well, there's no excuse. You have that knowledge. If you know something's going on internally, start writing it down. Like JK said, look at it, see it, have a vision. Okay. Where there is no vision, you cannot flourish. 
and being able perish. to write it down and see it, you will perish. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you don't have that vision, so write it down. And I like that. I like that you said that. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you, that. You, you are welcome, man. The, you know, one of my, uh, I have a lot of experience on the road. Um, mm -hmm. For me to pay my way through college, I came from a very poor family. Mm -hmm. um, my parents just gave me enough for one semester and they're like, dude, you're on your own. I was addicted to pornography. I had very poor self-esteem. Um, didn't believe I could do anything. And I was already failing out of college. So the only job that would take me was a door-to-door -door sales job, believe it or not, selling Bibles door-to-door. -door. Mm -hmm. I did that for about 10 years. Um, and while I was doing that, every week on Sundays when we would meet up for meetings, we would, um, we would have something called the vision, which was mm -hmm. you had to define where you wanted to be by the end of the summer so that you could pay your, your, fee, your, your, your tuition. Yeah. And we had Bible scripture where there is no vision, the people perish. And this was the time when I was really working on what became my reboot and ending my out of control behavior. And one of the big things I took from it, and I hope the brothers listening to this will gain from it, is you have to define what freedom from this behavior looks like for you. Mm -hmm. You cannot wait for your pastor, for a 12-step group, for a therapist, for a coach like myself to tell you what sexual behavior looks like. You must define it first, and many men don't. They come in helpless. There's nothing wrong with that. If you are helpless, come in. But the minute you have regained some sense of control, write down what you want your life to look like. What mm -hmm. do you want your sexual life to look like? And it's not just about you, because a lot of men have become very selfish. Uh, when you view pornography, you're selfish. What are you doing? Think about mm -hmm. it. It's crazy. Are you an animal? You're watching two other human beings engage in sex. But think about it. You're not a monkey. Why would you do that? Why would you sit in front of a screen touching yourself, watching two people? You have gone back to such a base level of existence. It should disgust you. But it is selfish behavior. And as a result of that selfish behavior, you do not know how to engage with your partner. You have to start redefining that for yourself. What is sexual intimacy like for me? And then suddenly you realize, oh, it's about intimacy. Intimacy is not just me. Somebody else is involved. How do I want my partner to feel? How do I want us to connect? How is it going to improve our relationship? Right? How do I want to think about women? How do I want to teach my sons and daughters to think about sexual behavior? Personally, sexual behavior and my connection with my partner is a spiritual path. Yeah. We enjoy it. We engage in it. But it is something that brings us so much closer. That is one of the things it was designed for. I mm -hmm. teach men how to rewire their brains to monogamy. There is a power to monogamy that brings discipline, that brings peace, but brings spiritual growth to your life. And because it takes effort, it takes effort to know one human being on such a deep level, to have them release so much gates open up to you layer by layer as you are doing so and in the process of both of you becoming more intimate you get to know who you are and that which is deep within you because mm -hmm. is because you can do this on your own this is true but the beauty of monogamy is that you guys can do it together my partner and i like to say and i share this with my clients that we are two awesome blessed people 
who came together, we were brought together to live a more awesome and blessed life. We're already great on our own, but we are together because this will make our path so much easier. Gentlemen, pornography is taking this away from you, right? Define it for yourself, create a clear vision. I only use my partner as an example to show you of what you can start working towards, but it is a perfectly healthy, loving and compassionate thing to define what sex is like for you. Because chances are your parents, your church, many people did not allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy too, the stigma that a lot of churches put around sex. They don't want to talk about it. It's taboo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think we should be talking about it because sex is created between a husband and a wife, right? In union to join together, right? To become one flesh. You know, you leave your family to become one flesh, right? (laughs) And uh, you're absolutely right. That is your partner, you know, in, in, in a good scenario. Um, I think so much, even with pornography now, what we're seeing is there's no commitment. You pull it up, you get your fix, right? And then all of a sudden, okay, there's no strings attached. You don't got to deal with her being sick. You don't got to deal with the kids. You know what I mean? You, you get your fix. So why on earth would they want to go into this loving, committed relationship? Or you're going to be faced with the mirror, okay? Because in a perfect marriage, right, your spouse, your partner is designed to reflect the flaws in you. It's like looking into a mirror. And a lot of times when you look into that other person and you see see things you don't like, it's the things you don't like about yourself. And that's the way God designed it. So you can work on those things. Yep. You know, but people don't want to do that. People don't. (laughs) It's too painful or whatever, you know, or it's much easier just pull up, scroll up on the phone and get my fix that I need at that moment to fill that void. I love it, man. You couldn't have said it better about relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you talked about rewiring your brain, right? Mm. Cognitive therapy, right? Mm. How does it actually rewire your brain? Because I've heard another person, uh, uh, Terry Crews, talk about how it rewired and changed his brain. You know what I mean? And then you said something that really struck my attention, uh, 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 you know, a couple minutes back when you talked about how you became a different person. You know, it was something like it took over you. Mm. And I want to just kind of elaborate a little bit more on that because I thought that was kind of interesting because it's almost like you're in a frenzy when you're in that mode. Right. And you can't stop. It's it's crazy. And why why does the brain do that? Well, it goes back to coping mechanisms, right? Okay. Um, as human beings, life is is not easy. Mm-hmm. We deal with a lot of suffering. And when you have an addictive behavior, that addictive behavior becomes your priority. Mm-hmm. It becomes the, the main, by priority, I mean, it becomes the primary way in which you deal with adversity in your life. Your brain is now rewired to um, prioritize things like dopamine or things like adrenaline or whatever other sort of neurochemical is going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. You not only begin to prioritize things like pornography, but it seeps into other areas of your life. Chances are, if you're struggling with pornography, there is some other behavior. It may not be substance related. It may be be behavior related. There's some other very strong emotions you're also addicted to. You might be addicted to anger, You might be addicted to self-pity. That's another big one. Like, look at all the stuff I'm dealing with. 
You might be addicted to, you might be a narcissist. You might be addicted to validation. That's a huge one that I see among men who mm -hmm. struggle with porn, where guys come on and you're just like, this dude just cannot stop talking about how awesome he is. What is he hiding? And I'm sure you see that when you yeah. counsel different people, right? But the, the, the main issue is that it becomes something that you use as a major coping strategy. And um, it changes, you know, I was talking about uh, uh, coping, coping strategies, you begin to use pornography as your coping strategy, and you become dependent on those sort of behaviors, you never have the opportunity to develop healthy coping strategies. When mm -hmm. you rewire your brain for the first time ever, you start focusing instead of being dopamine heavy, you become more serotonin heavy. So you realize that it is absolutely okay if I'm bored to just be. Mm. It's okay to just be and feel myself. It's okay to just listen to my wife, even though I may not be interested at first with what she's saying, instead of my brain going off to what I want to do later, mm. I can actually begin to search for that which feels good from what she's saying. Mm. I'm going a little bit deep now. But it could be, a, and this is searching for serotonin, it could be, man, I have zero interest in this dream she's telling me about, but God, do I love the tone of her voice. I mm. love it when she's sharing. These simple things, many of us, the last time we can remember sitting down and enjoying a beautiful view, sitting down and enjoying a conversation, sitting down and just listening was when we were a child. Pornography robs us of that because we are only seeking chemicals which are uppers, chemicals which make us feel good. We mm. rarely seek that which causes us to pause, to sit down, to reflect. You're not releasing dopamine when you pray, when you are in communion with God, when you feel connected to your brothers, you are releasing serotonin. It is peaceful, it is connection. That's probably one of the biggest things that brothers should be searching for when yeah. they are looking for that. But understand, make no mistake that pornography affects all your cognitive functions. I talked about the prefrontal cortex earlier. And the studies that show that um, just because there's not enough dopamine being released to the gray matter in your prefrontal cortex, it is underdeveloped. And a lot of men, at least scientifically speaking, the studies show that your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till the age of 25 years old. There's a reason why insurance companies have certain age limits with people on when they are 25. They know, they know your level of maturity, yeah. especially as a man. But think about this. If you've been abusing pornography or even worse, things like weed, that is part of this whole plan of destroying the family and destroying your cognitive abilities and your ability to think critically. You might be wondering, why is it there are such crazy things happening in these United States, but nobody is taking action? Because mm -hmm. we're sedated. Yes. Sedated by fast food, by weed, by pornography. Your brain is incapable of what your ancestors were capable of. Our ancestors were not distracted. They were like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. These people serve us. We do not serve them. And they would be up in arms in a moment. We have mm -hmm. lost that ability because our brain has rewired to be passive to be wow. a spectator, to seek dopamine all the time. It's crazy that you said to be a spectator, because isn't that what we do when we scroll? We're spectating other people's lives, 
right? Instead of living our own. As one of the sees our values from us in front of our very eyes till mm -hmm. they come to your door. And when they come to your door, those of you who are like, I'm waiting for them to come take away my values and my X, Y, Z. Brother, you are not going to do anything because they are doing it. And you can think about it. Years ago, you couldn't see it. Now you can see it on video. Mm -hmm. Years ago, our ancestors would take up arms because they heard about it. They were like, are you serious? Can I confirm from three other villages and counties? Oh, no, let's organize. You will see it on video. And you're just like, oh, this is what they're doing to our kids. Oh, it's in my state. Oh, they voted this and this again. And you're just like, well, well let them come to my house. And I'm doing anything. You ain't going to do nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all that sedation, man. It, it, it is. Crazy, you know, and. I like to see it as, you know, and this, I hope this doesn't sound sexist, but man, they are really targeting the men because they know men are the protector. There's things that we say in our foundation, you know, as, as a show up dad, you're a protector, provider, presider, right? Well, one of our goals is to protect, right? And when they take that covering, the ephoth off of the family, the family covering out, it's sedated, it is completely out of the way man your family is not covered no more your family is exposed and that's what they want to destroy the next generation it's you know a lot of men come to me and they're like oh well, why are we in the state and it's like we didn't get here overnight brother this is a slow <laughs> decay dog and it ain't gonna change overnight it starts with the next generation my generation me you know, I'm talking to men to trying to boom them up so they can get into that position. So they start making these choices, start making these these positive changes for their kids. The next generation, that's three generations away. Right. It, it's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, all we can do is just continue in the fight. And like you said, not be sedated. I wanted to end this, JK, because you had so much amazing stuff. I can do a part two with you, brother. You're awesome. I want you. you to just go ahead and give us how you how people can support you, uh, how people could reach out to you and uh, talk to you. And if they have any questions, you please share. Absolutely. Well, my name is JKMAZ, just the initials. Last name is spelled E-M-E-Z-I. That's the easiest way to find me. Just search for me. Um, mm -hmm. My website is elevatedrecovery.org. The easiest place to find me is uh, if you like listening to podcasts like, Dave, like David's, um, our podcast is called the Porn Reboot Podcast. And I've got about 500, 600 episodes. You can also find me on YouTube. Search for JK Amazing. Unfortunately, we're not on we're not on Instagram because Instagram thinks you're pornography, but allows pornography on Instagram, but right. they keep banning us. <laughs> so that's how you can find me. We offer the first thing I want to say is that we offer so much free material and free groups. So please, we are on Facebook. You can find uh, the Porn Reboot free group on Facebook where you can get accountability partners for yourself. Start getting professional support. Um, I have a bunch of free courses out there. My recommendation to you is to go through the free material, use the free resources first before you directly seek help and see how far it takes you and educate yourself on that, on this behavior. Mm, man, if you guys hear that straight out of the man's mouth, I mean, it's free. I mean, they're it's free. I'm not pitching anything. It's it's this paid <laughs> stuff, but the free stuff itself is awesome. So use the free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear that from another uh, another person as honest as JKM is. That, that's super awesome, guys. So take advantage yeah. of it. When we bring guests on like JK, 
it's because we want to bring so much value to our listeners. So please, please take advantage. If you guys are struggling with pornography or addiction, please listen to this podcast, reach out to JK, gave you the links and stop getting, get out of that cycle, break that cycle. Break out of the cycle, brothers. Right on. Thank you, JK. I appreciate you, brother. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, David.